from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. You've got a student headed off to college or perhaps you're continuing your own education, you may be eligible for a break on your taxes. It's a write-off for them. How is it a write-off? They just write it off. <laughs> ABC's Daria Albinger with today's tax tip. Pump, circumstance, and a hefty tax break? I'm Daria Albinger with today's tax tip. As far as tax credits go, these go to the head of the class. Got a kid headed to college? Have you seen the price of tuition lately? An education may not be cheap, but the IRS has a couple of deductions you can take to lighten the load. Accountant Janice Heyman says this one's for your kids. We have the American Opportunities Tax Credit for tuition up to 10000 I believe it's 10000 where you max out on that credit. And if you're thinking about finally getting that master's you always said you'd get... IRS spokesman Eric Smith says you should take advantage of the lifetime learning credit. You can use that on regular post-secondary education, too, but it's much better as a general rule for people who are doing continuing education. More information on the IRS website, irs.gov, or the IRS app, IRS2Go. With today's tax tip, Daria Albinger, ABC News. Tax tips are brought to you by The Neal Group. For less stress with the IRS, visit neilgroup.net, that's N-E-A-L group.net, for a free consultation. They just write it off. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Offices. One call, that's all sports desk. Here's Greg Matzik. Well, the Bucks explode for 80 second-half points in a come-from-behind win over the Sacramento Kings last night, 133-124, the final... Fakes the pass. Now drives in on Metu. Spins in the low block. Flips it up and scores again. Well, the Greek freak is taking this game over. He now has 40 points. We still have 203 to play in the third quarter. Yeah, Dave Kane with the call. 46 for Giannis in that comfort behind win. 31 for Chris Middleton. Oh, and there was a fight, too. Trey Lyles shoved Giannis as he was dribbling the clock out, preserving a Bucks victory. Brooke Lopez took exception, got in the face of Lyles, who then took a swipe at Lopez. Lopez was ejected. Lyles, who was getting his butt kicked all night, was also ejected. Exciting game, playoff vibe. Bucks get the win. Milwaukee and Phoenix tonight to take on the Suns. Coverage begins after the 8 o'clock news on WTMJ. College basketball, the Badgers begin playing the NIT tonight in Madison against Bradley for an 8.30 tip. Brewers shut up the Reds Monday afternoon, 8-0 the final. Mike Brasso, 3-for-4 with 2 RBI. Dude just keeps on hitting. He's at 474 in Cactus League play. You know, Mike has hit kind of like, he just hits. He hits wherever. Wherever you send him to play, like just put him in a league, he'll hit. You know, I mean, it, he, he did it as a minor leaguer. He, he, he's done in the big leagues. Um, he, he always, you know, he makes you interested of like, is there more at best for Mike Brasso? Because he, he, he keeps hitting. No game for Craig Council's Brewers today. The Cactus League schedule picks up on Wednesday night. It's either day two of Rogers' watch, month two, or year three. Depends how you look at it. It appears the Packers and Jets are discussing a trade, but there is a prerequisite to the entire deal. If he wants to play, he's going to be a Jet. They're going to figure out the contract. They're going to figure out the trade. He's going to play in New York. Literally, they're waiting for the word from one man to see who will be the quarterback of this team this and probably next year or whether they do have to go to plan B. 
CSPN's Adam Schefter. I don't know what plan B is if you're a New York Jet. The Packers clearly have a plan A, and it's Jordan Love. Also, Keyshawn Nixon coming back, a one-year deal worth up to $6 million for the NFL's best kick returner a year ago. Randall Cobb also indicates he wants to play and is among 13 unrestricted free agents who played for the Packers last season. So, Vinny, is it month two, day two, or year three I like of Rogers I, Watch. Yeah, I, I like year three, man. I'm exhausted. That's about right. As soon as Jordan Love was drafted, we were sort of on this train of trying to figure out just when. Uh, it sort of gets intensified when the season ends, like it did on January 8th with a loss to Jared Goff and the Lions. And then it also gets accentuated when the league year begins and really gets up and running with free agent discussion, which happened yesterday. Yeah, well, Rogers screwed it all up by his MVP year, which nobody saw coming, right? And yeah, that which also, one? Right. That his most recent, right, where you're like, oh, well, I guess he's still got it. Yeah, I think he also, uh, it, it, using the term screwed up sort of lightly here, he screwed up keeping the Packers in it. Maybe it was the Packers' defense who screwed up because it left Rodgers on the field. They were mathematically in it. Rodgers kept yes. playing. I was curious to see Jordan Love at that point, and then all of a sudden the playoffs were in view, and then Rodgers took a dump on the field at Lambeau, and they lost. I'm on record. There's tape on that. I said, put Love in. There's nothing left to play for, but then there was just enough left to play for, yada, yada, yada. Here we are. Yeah, right. Of course it, <laughs> of course it played out that way. 619 on Wisconsin's Morning News. This morning, President Biden's budget calling for a record amount of defense spending, more than $800 billion, $6 billion in additional funding for Ukraine and other allies as Ukraine's war with Russia rages on. So U.S. support for Ukraine initially steadfast, now being debated among usually hawkish Republicans and a likely presidential candidate suggesting protecting Ukraine ought not be a U.S. priority. It's an about face from his fellow Republicans. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says protecting Ukraine is not a key U.S. interest and lawmakers should instead focus their attention here at home. The statement broadcast on Tucker Carlson tonight on Fox News responding to a questionnaire the host sent to prospective GOP presidential candidates. While some Republicans think President Biden has not done enough in the war, DeSantis thinks he's done too much and could provoke a war between the U.S. and Russia. The U.S. has already committed tens of billions of dollars for security assistance for Ukraine. Lionel Moyes, ABC News. So an interesting debate and not an easy one. These are complex questions and folks can be on the fence about what's the right thing to do. Tosa East graduate, investigative reporter, war correspondent Jeremy Scahill talked with us this past week. Eric, we talked with him about his Oscars experience from 10 years ago because uh, uh, one of the projects that he did, the film was nominated for an Academy Award. A documentary on yeah. drone strikes. Right. And so he, this guy is a war correspondent. Yeah. He's been in war zones all over the country, but he's one of ours, right? He's done some provocative writing in the publication, which he founded, called The Intercept. He is close to this war physically, living now in Croatia. And with the specter of nuclear war raised, it looks a little bit different overseas. For for the past year, I mean, th- th- there there were times over this past year where people were, you know, buying iodine pills and uh, talking about how they can stockpile water, looking at renovating old fallout shelters from the height of the the Cold War. And I I think for a lot of people, particularly in the early stages of the invasion, um, it was tense all throughout uh, Europe. Um, You know, I was just recently in Germany and Austria as well. um, And 
you know, I think on the one hand, you, you're starting to see fatigue. People at the beginning were saying Putin must be stopped. Now you're getting a sense that people are feeling like this war is dragging on uh, for too long and doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, moving in a favorable direction. Um, and so I think people are, are increasingly wanting a negotiated solution. Um, but I think the fact that you have major nuclear powers in what I think is indisputably a proxy war is very, very scary. Yeah, he heard him use the term negotiated solution, and that's difficult. To the question of continued U.S.-NATO funding to prop up Ukraine, Scahill tells us the U.S. should be having a much more robust debate over whether that's really the right thing and isn't, he ponders, the right thing to make this war end as quickly as possible. You know, and also this happens on the left in the United States, where people tend to think of it just as like a, a geostrategic chess match, that the United States is the sort of villain behind the curtain. And there's truth to that, you know, of course, if you look at the history of U.S. covert operations and wars and Iraq and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, um, you know, and I've been in many war zones, uh, if any of us faced a, a situation where a hostile power was coming in and trying to kill our families and take our homes, um, most human beings are going to resist and they're going to fight back. And, and that's what happened in Ukraine. Um, but when you then have major world powers getting involved that have their own agendas, are they centering the, as their priority, saving as many civilian lives as possible? Or, or are we also part of continuing a war that should end? So when does it all end? I mean, if we continue funding Ukraine's defense, does it only continue Ukraine's suffering? And what is really the end game here in this war? Scahill again. Most wars have to end in some form of a negotiated solution. And I, I, I think the really painful question that we have to ask right now is if we continue down this path of multi-billion dollar arms packages to Ukraine, is it going to actually stop the, the bloodbath anytime soon? And, and are we essentially engaged in a proxy war to fight the, to the death of the last Ukrainian? Is this really about defending Ukraine? Or are we trying to take Putin out? It's uh, Jeremy Scahill. You can follow his work at TheIntercept.com or on Twitter at Jeremy Scahill. Grew up in Milwaukee, went to school in Wauwatosa, one of my classmates, and uh, does really good reporting asking the important questions today. 627 on Wisconsin's Morning News. say doo-wop, but we're talking a little different kind of doo-wop here. Earworm now for the rest of the day. But thank you, Hanson Brothers. <laughs> yes, all this week we got a special giveaway, dinner and a show. We'll pay for parking, too. That's the doo-wop project on tour coming to Milwaukee's Bradley Symphony Center, the newly renovated Grand Theater here in downtown. Doo-wop project with shows Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And we want you to go. Got a pair of tickets for the 7.30 show Friday night. You get that. You get a $35 gift card, Eric, for the 3rd Street Market Hall, which is just outside our door here. And super convenient, also across the street from the theater. Mm -hmm. So one-stop shop uh, right here on Martin Luther King Drive and Wisconsin. But that's not all. We'll throw in parking at the ramp out back as well, provided by Interstate Parking. There you go. All in one, you park your car, you head down for the food hall, a little something to eat, you walk across the street for the show, and it's all happening. Caller number five right now. Give Pancake a call. 
He'll take caller number 5 to 855-616-1620 on the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line. 855-616-1620. Caller number 5 gets dinner and a show Friday night. The Doo-Wop Project at the Bradley Symphony Center. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Offices. One call, that's all sports desk. Here's Greg Matzik. Six points from Giannis, 31 from Chris Middleton. Brooke Lopez ejected for getting into a late-game fight with Trey Lyles of the Kings. Pretty active night in Sacramento. The Bucks pick up a 133-124 come-from-behind victory. Milwaukee scores 80 points in the second half. As for Lyles, he took a shove at Giannis, who was dribbling the ball out as time was expiring. Giannis walked away. Lyles shoved Giannis. Brooke Lopez stepped in. Shoved Lyles. Lyles took a swipe at Lopez. Both were ejected. Possible Lopez will not be able to play tonight when the Bucks take on the Phoenix Suns. Coverage gets underway after the 8 o'clock news on WTMJ. Brewers pick up a victory in Cactus League play. 8-0 over the Reds yesterday afternoon. Mike Brasso 3-4 with 2 RBI. Brewers with a day off today. And the Badgers basketball team takes the floor tonight in round 1 of the NIT, hosting Bradley at the Kohl Center. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Greg Matzik. One year ago, Packers fans were drained by the Aaron Rodgers waiting game, but ultimately thrilled to have the quarterback back under center after an MVP season. Today, Packers fans are drained by the Aaron Rodgers waiting game, and the majority are hoping he retires or is traded away. Fan sentiment has shifted. The Packers no longer fear being the villain. The Packers are more comfortable than ever with moving on from their 15-year starter. And for me, it has nothing to do with how Rodgers chooses to spend his offseason. No, for me, it's about performance. I'm ready to move on from a quarterback who takes a dump on the offseason program. I'm ready to move on from a quarterback who undermines members of the coaching staff and blows up teammates on the field under the guise of leadership. I'm ready to move on from a quarterback who had his worst statistical season of his career the year he made the most money. I'm also ready to move on from a quarterback who, after declaring himself healthy, barely averaged over 200 yards passing down the stretch with five touchdowns and three picks. I'm ready to move on from a quarterback who can't beat Jared Goff and the Lions with a trip to the postseason on the line. Aaron Rodgers' career in Green Bay should be celebrated. It's a Hall of Fame career. But I'm not living in the past. I'm no longer interested in paying a quarterback nearly $60 million dollars for a sub-500 season. Ring out, Ahoya. Nine minutes before 7 o'clock. Marquette University has two teams in the NCAA tournament. Marquette women, the number nine seed, play later this weekend. Marquette men... The number two seed in the East bracket, right? Play on Friday in the afternoon. Ohio at 145. As the NCAA tournament kicks off, folks filling out the brackets, and we've got two-time sports writer of the year, Lori Nickel, with us this morning. Do you do brackets, Lori? Never. Mm-mm. Never? I don't like the gambling thing. Mm-mm. Nope. Well, no, I didn't say gambling now. Just, right. right. It's <laughs> well, all for fun and entertainment. <laughs> You seriously right. don't. Now, I mean, you don't fill no. one out just for your own purposes, like this is how I see it? 
no, I don't want to have any bias or any, don't want to root for or against anything. And that's just been like a lifelong practice for sure. You're such a capital J journalist. <laughs> I tell you, I respect you for it. <laughs> always had the brackets. And I've, I've, as I've looked at how things shape up and everybody, you know, maybe you got an office pool or mm-hmm. even your kids at school or oh, whatever, yeah. looking at that, I have not paid close attention enough to college basketball. I have no idea to pick how to pick. I got a secret for you. Most of the people that are playing these games with the brackets also haven't been no. paying attention either. <laughs> so, Lori, as you look at things and how they stack up for Marquette, we would have liked to have Wisconsin in there as well, but didn't go that way. UWM had a shot, but also didn't go that way. So we got one team, and let's get on board with Marquette, and they've got a big old chip on their shoulder that started with the preseason pick of them finishing ninth in the Big East. It's really fascinating, too, that I last week as the awards were rolling in for Coach of the Year, Player of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, they still had this unique chip on their shoulder um, because they didn't feel respected necessarily for being picked to win the Big East Conference Tournament, which they actually did. So this is just fuel for them. This is a, still a pretty young team. And, you know, that also fits in with the kind of Marquette mentality of, you know, it's a basketball community. Um, they want respect. And it's, it's been a fun team to watch and cover from a distance. Lori, how does the tournament go? Is this fun for the players at all? Do they get to, like, do anything to get kind of caught up in it? Or is it just business as usual? It all depends on the head coach and how they lead the way. And with Marquette, it seems pretty businesslike, and that's probably by design. You know, the NCAA tournament is always a guard situation where it's all determined by guard play. And the, the Golden Eagles have three guards who are sophomores. Two are true sophomores, and one is a, a third-year sophomore. So they're young is what I'm saying, and they're not experienced at the NCAA tournament. And that's going to play a factor into nerves and all that kind of stuff. So I think the way Coach Shaka Smart leads this team, it's like there's fun, but it's like scheduled fun and predictable fun. Other than that, they're going to stay to their regimen and their um, business-like approach just to kind of keep things tight and reined in so that they're focused. I would say we're talking with Lori Nickel of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Lori, one of the just from a fan's perspective, one of the great events that I've ever attended is just going, whether it's been here in Milwaukee or we even traveled once to Minneapolis for those first round games. If you invest in the package where you get every game to go on a Thursday or a Friday and watch four basketball games in one right. day, day one of the tournament is so much fun. It really is. And, you know, there's always the underdog factor. People, there will be people rooting for Vermont just because they've never heard of the America East Conference and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's a big part of this. And that's what makes this different from any other sport or any other tournaments that we have in the United States. And, you know, you'll see really good basketball. And in the last 10 years, we've seen remarkable upsets. So it is. I mean, I love it when it's here in Milwaukee. It's just, it changes the city for a couple of weeks. It's a lot of fun for sure. Is it typically sold out, like generally for these first round games? Are those places just oh, packed? Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Like sold out in advance. Yes, absolutely. And it doesn't really matter where they go, whether it's Boise, Idaho, or New Mexico, or Florida, or here, whatever. Definitely always sold out. Hard to get a ticket. 
So you mentioned the upsets, and everybody loves a good upset unless like it's your team that got upset. But <laughs> I, I feel like you know we certainly have had more of them. You know, it's not that long ago that a 15 had never beaten a two. It's really recent history where a, a, a 16 finally beat a one. Why do you think we're seeing more of these upsets? I have a theory, but uh, let me hear yours first. Well, my theory is only that the coaching has gotten better and the playing field is a little bit more level. A lot of these conferences matchups aren't just, you know, conference specific. You can play out of the conference and get better. And the recruiting is better. I mean, this is in a lot of ways, I think, America's sport, basketball. So you have two, you have better coaching and you have a lot of talent out there. But I'd love to, what's your theory? So I'm going to throw in there also the sort of, you know, Huggins model of, or Calipari, where we put together an all-star team of one and duns, guys who play their freshman year and then go right to the NBA. They're not a team. Well, right. And you have some of these programs where you're dealing with, and you mentioned the youth factor. You're dealing with senior leadership. You might have three or four seniors on the floor who've played together for four, maybe five years. And man, when stuff gets real down at the end, they figure out a way to get it done. That I totally. That's a really. Good, that might be a good story idea. There you go. You can write about that. You I can use that. that. That's good. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Expert analysis on college hoops from me today. Hey, Lori. I saw that you were uh, hiking yesterday. Where were you hiking at? Um, we were out at Retzer Nature Center out in Waukesha just to get, I had to get away, you know, this Aaron Rodgers stuff and all that. I just like, I got to get out of here. What Aaron Rodgers stuff? <laughs> oh my gosh. So I know you guys, yeah, but just get away for an hour and it's, it's good for your mental health. It's really good. I recommend it. I'm a big yeah. fan, big fan of the hiking. Been the Retzer many times. Lori Nickel, two-time yeah. sports writer of the year, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Thanks, Lori. We'll talk again next week. Thanks guys. Take care. Business headlines are up next this morning. Do you get a byline there, by the way? I should get <laughs> next credit. So, well, like I said, she's Capital J Journalist. She'll give me credit. I bet she will. Am I going to make the paper? <laughs> it's always a big deal. On the radio every day, how many years in TV? If I ever ended up in the paper, that's what my grandma would call <laughs> Isn't that great? They talked about you in the paper. They, ha- they had you in the paper mm-hmm. today. It's a higher tier. Big time stuff.